Good morning. It's so good to see you. You guys are singing really good today. I don't know if it was kind of that, that music that they, were, they picked out, but how many of you are two-steppers on the, on the dance floor? Anybody? Oh, quite a few of you. Come on up and let's just do a little, we'll get the band back up here. That was really fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And baptisms. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that so touching? I am just so touching. Really, really appreciate it. We've just had a great weekend. It's just been really powerful. It's really good to see you. You know, we, t- we call this our living room, and it's where we talk about real life, and we don't skip the hard stuff, and today's some of that. And um, I need your help today. I, I'm tackling a topic in Mark 11 that is very interesting in light of some of the cultural things we've been through in the last decade as a country. And I need you to really make a commitment right now that you're going you're gonna to open your mind and your heart to evaluation, like self-evaluation. Would you be open to that? Yes. A few of you? If, if you're tired, just go get a cup of coffee right now because this message, this, this requires some thinking. It really does. It's about authority. And anytime you talk about authority and submission and obedience and you, you, everyone gets involved at some level and everyone has an opinion. And I'm not here to tell you which side to be on on any of these matters. I'm here to tell you that our God, the God that we serves, we serve has a plan for authority. And finding that in our lives can be very difficult. Especially when you live in a free nation like America. Aren't you glad you live here? I'm glad I live here. And so we have a lot of options. We have a lot of freedoms. And we become used to that. And so as I talk about this, I want you to just do some introspection. And, and don't get defensive. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, don't get defensive. <laughs> don't get defensive. Because that's, that's not going to help. We're here to just talk about why you have the filters that you have. Why did you land on this particular opinion on that particular authority issue? You'll see as we, as we, here's the question. Who's the boss of you? How many of you just pointed to somebody? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's a, big, it's a big question. Sometimes you hear, you know, kids on the playground. You're not the boss of me. And, and that can be a really good thing. You realize that? Because you shouldn't let everyone tell you what to do. That's biblical. You got the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, facing King Nebuchadnezzar, not bowing down to the idol. Willing to face death. So there's... There's something powerful when you take a stand for what God says rather than what the world says. But when Jesus was asked if he pays taxes, he's like, yeah, let, let Caesar have what's his. Let, you know, I, he was submitted to local authority, and, and, and that's interesting to me because he's, he's the king of all kings. So, so where's that line, and how can I, how can I, I draw it? Um, how many of you stop at a red light when you're driving? Why do you do that? It's the law. Yeah, because there's cameras. 
See, what I want you to see, I want you to just think about this. Sometimes you obey the law to avoid the consequence and you're not really submitting to the authority. Is that a possibility? I don't like it, I wouldn't do it, but there's going to be a consequence. If I don't, so I will. How many of you file a tax return? Don't you love it? Don't you just love it? You get all excited. No, but if you don't do it, you might face prison, and that, that's not a good so sometimes we comply, but is that really truly a response to the authority in the country that I live under? These are questions that take some time. And again, I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm here to ask you to think about why you believe what you believe and how did you get there. So, so that's important to me. I, I want to go back a couple years, um, and I'm taking a risk in doing this, but you have to really hear my heart in this. I want to talk about the mask mandate because in our fellowship we had way left and way right right here in our family and it was so interesting I'm just I'm, I'm gonna tell you I'm not I'm not on either side political I'm just I'm asking you to examine where you landed and why you landed there and and we're, we're believers we love God and yet we had way different opinions on this particular topic. Why is that? Do we serve the same God? Yes. <laughs> Does he tell us what to do? Not always. Some of you were born in a certain state or a place and you grew up with certain rules and, and you adapted and you thought about what you believe and you thought about compliance and, and non-compliance and what was right and what was wrong and you, you come to your opinions and thank God we're in a country where we have those freedoms. But I'm just getting you to try to think about why. Why did you land where you landed? I had an interesting thing happen during that season when on one Monday morning, Larimer County called the office here at Timberline Church and asked for the senior pastor, and, and I'll call her Lisa. Or that's not her name, but I'll just call her Lisa for sake of this. And uh, Lisa said, hi, um, is this the senior pastor? I said, yes. And she said, I, you have been written up. Um, your church has um, not complied with the mask mandate, and it's been reported. And um, I said, okay, well, you know, thank you for letting me know. What, what would you like us to do? And, and she said, well, we're asking that you wear masks. And, and I said, I, I know that. And, and I said, um, you, you know we can't enforce this. She said, I said, are you asking us to enforce it? She said, oh, no. She said, that would cause a lot of problems. <laughs> Think about this. She, she even said, well, you know, the police, they're not, you know, enforcing it. The sheriff's department's not enforcing it. So, so, no, we do not want you to enforce it. That would be a bad thing. And I said, okay. She said, I'm just doing my job to tell you that you were reported. I said, well, thanks, Lisa. You've done your job. I appreciate it. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. The next Monday, it's Lisa. I'm calling to report that there was a written up. And I said, oh, hi, Lisa. How are you? How's your family? Oh, good. I said, same conversation as last Monday? Yep. I said, great. We'll talk to you next Monday. 
That happened I don't know how many times. She was doing her job, I was doing mine, and we were moving on. And here's what I want you to understand about this. All the different opinions, all the emails, all the, the people who got so caught up and wound up tight about this and, and did it relate to the kingdom? Well, to some it really did. And to some it really didn't. And wherever you are, I go to this, this little passage here in Matthew 8, and I, I want to just read it because it, it deals with authority, and it deals with someone who understood authority. It was a, a guy that is called the centurion in the Bible. You ever heard of him? He's not named, but he's, he, he leads a hundred. That's why he's called a centurion in the Roman army. And he has a servant at his house who is very ill, and he loves his servant. And he's coming to Jesus to ask him to heal his servant. And it says in Matthew 8, uh, 8, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. In other words, you don't need to come to my house, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under what? Under authority, with soldiers under me. Why is that in the text? What does that matter? Here's why it matters. This man understood the pecking order of authority and he believed that Jesus was the King of Kings. And what he's saying is, I know what authority is and I know that you have the ultimate authority. You don't have to come to my house. You just speak the word and it will happen. And that's faith. All related to his understanding of authority. So the big questions as we walk through this today, when do I lay down my authority? When do I pick it up? How do I use it without abusing it? Because all of you have been given authority at some level or another. All of you. Your, your, your car, it's, it's under your authority when you drive. Your, your home, your yard. You put that fence there for a reason, didn't you? Right? Some of you might say, well, I don't, I don't really have, you know, if you, it could be your cat that you have authority. Well, no, I'll take that back. No cats. You, you don't, no one has authority over a cat. How about a dog? Let's use dog, yeah. All right. Number one in your outline. <clears throat> authority is given. One of the principles in the Bible, this is not a worldly principle, because many people in the world, especially dictators, would say authority is taken. You take what you want. And we have many leaders in our world today doing that, don't we? It's awful. But authority, biblically, is given. You don't have any authority unless it's been given to you. God has put you in a position. If you're the boss of your company, or you own a company, or you're an employee, employer, um, you have been given authority. And for some reason, God has trusted you with this, this position. And many people who are not godly have been put into this position. And it matters. So... Here's the case in this story. Last weekend, if you were not here, let me fill you in. Jesus is tired of seeing people getting ripped off in the temple court area. So he goes in there and he turns over the money change tables. He, he, he rebukes them. He runs them out of the courtyard. And it's shocking. It's the most aggressive we really probably see Jesus uh, in his ministry on the earth. And the religious leaders can't even imagine this. They're, they're blown away. And it's picking up where that is left off in verse 27. 
So again, he and the disciples entered Jerusalem, and as Jesus was walking through the temple area, the place he had just cleansed, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, the elders came up to him, and they demanded, big word, demanded. It's with their presumed authority. By what authority? Isn't that interesting? By what authority are you doing all these things? They didn't say, why did you do it? They said, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you the right to do them? That's what they're looking for. It's interesting. And so we're going to get to his answer in a minute. They demanded this because they were the ones that were used to being in authority over the temple court area. Have you ever, have you ever had someone come into your turf? Have you, ever, have you ever heard the phrase, who do they think they are? Yeah. It's because authority probably hasn't been given to them. You know, if, if, you're, if you're a high, if you're the president of the biggest bank in America, or you're at the top of the law firm and you have power over people and you snap your fingers and it's get done, and you walk into a Walmart and you see the supervisor and you say, I want that shelf moved right over there to that side. What are they going to say? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. <laughs> no. They're going to say, who do you think you are? <laughs> you don't have any power at Walmart, baby. <laughs> so, so there's all these filters that we have to have as to where is my authority? Where has it been given to me? And where do I respect the authority that has been given to someone else? Big question. It's a big part of our culture today. It's why we stop at red lights. You know, when I'm with my wife and we come to a four-way stop and there's no one around, some, sometimes I, I won't like, my tires won't actually like stop. They'll, they'll, they'll almost stop, but they'll like the roll. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I'll go, and my wife will say, Bonnie will say, you didn't come to a complete stop. And I'll say, you're not the boss of me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but then I have to rethink that a little bit. It's, it's this idea of what, what, at what level do I, I submit to that, and I don't like the word submit very much, at what level do I respect that law? At what level do I show my respect? At what level do I live under the authority of someone else? These are, these are bigger than you think as we walk through this story. You'll see. In Matthew 28, 19, it's the Great Commission. It's, it's the passage that a lot of believers know. Pastors always know it because it's the sending of the Christian church to the world. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. You know, go into all the world. Pre baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit like we did. And, and that, that mandate is very important. The verse before that, verse 18, says this. Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been, what? Given. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Even Jesus, the Son of God, has been given authority on the earth by whom? The Father. Because he has all authority. And so even Jesus is recognizing that authority is given. Number two, authority must be recognized. 
In other words, if I don't recognize you have authority over me, I'm not going to do what you say. And, and we see this happen. Now, this is where the story gets kind of fun, so let's go. I will tell you, Jesus, Jesus is going to give them a, a little lesson here. I will tell you, because they were demanding, remember? I will tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question. <laughs> and it's a trick question. It's a really good question. It's really smart what Jesus did here. If you answer one question, so Jesus replied that. And then he said, did John's authority, what, what, what John is this? John the Baptist. Did, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven? Or was it merely human? And then Jesus plays the same power game to them. Answer me. Isn't that interesting? They demanded, he says, answer me, come on. He was wanting to force them into answering a question that would be very, very difficult for them, which we will talk about in a minute. This trick question is going to reveal to them the problem that they have had with authority. That's why today I'm asking you to consider some hard questions. I'm not having a preference one way or the other, but I'm wanting you to examine. I'm wanting you to walk out of here today going, why do I have that sense about what I obey and what I don't and who I believe in and who I won't? How did I get that filter? Is it of God? Is it holy? Is it good? Is it righteous? Is it the right decision? Is it helpful? Is it part of my testimony uh, as, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus? And there's a sense in which non-compliance to God's law is called rebellion. But there are times when I can't follow civil law if it asks me to do something that God's law requires me to do. So, so it's a dilemma. And, and these things are real. They're not make-believe, and it's not just a bunch of emotion. These things are based on both sides. When you go back and you look at where people form their opinions, they're very, very real. And so Jesus tries to put them in a situation where they have to think about it. I hate spiritual abuse. It's, it's, one, of my, it's one of the things that watching our world, especially when it comes to pastors and Christian leaders around the country. I've served on so many teams across the nation of, of restoring fallen pastors who have either you know, embezzled funds from the church or had sexual problems, uh, abuse or emotional abuse or alcohol abuse and marriage abuse, domination, uh, overreaching their power, thinking they have authority, telling people what to do. All this stuff that it's a cloud. It's a cloud. And when you have spiritual abuse over someone, that's why the penalty for someone in a position of power, especially over someone's emotion, that, that, that penalty is more harsh because you have a spirit. And, and that spirit connection is deep. And when that gets wounded, it's a deep wound. And some people can never really come out of that again. That's why it's so, so bad. That's why this stuff matters. Because there are times when you have to say to someone, you don't have authority over me. If you recognize they're abusing you and they are using their power in a way that is not appropriate, there are limitations to what you can allow someone 
to do to you or how they speak to you. This goes on and on. And this is biblical. The, the other side of that coin is you can't just say, I don't care what they say. This is what I believe and I'm not going to pay my taxes. You will suffer the consequence of that action, rightly so. Because why? You've been foolish. You've been foolish. You have not made a godly decision. Because God wants us to make decisions based on wisdom. So, all of this stuff leads us to point three. Authority requires a response. It requires a response. So, what, what we're going to see here is really, really fun because they didn't know, they didn't really know what to do. In verse 31 it says, you know, they talked it over among themselves. So, I see all these scribes. And these people didn't get along with each other. So, it's like one of the few times you see them huddling up like, come here guys, I, I don't like you, but we got to get this answer right because look at, look, look, look at what it says. If we say um, that John's power was from heaven, then he's going to ask us why we didn't believe John. We say, yes, his power was from God. Uh, he's going to say, well, you, then you really messed up, didn't you? But if we dare say that it was merely human, man, we're really in trouble with the people. They were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John the Baptist was a prophet. And so they don't know what to do. So they're huddling up saying, no, we can't say that. We can't say that. Let's say this. Nope, can't say that. Nope, can't. Oh, I'm done. The logic became very important. And then you begin to see why Jesus did this very thing. He wants them to think about what they're doing and how they are living. Sometimes Sometimes Jesus likes to cut right across the grain of your belief system and your empowerment and get right to the core of where you really sit in your life. I've told you before, when you preach on a, a subject, you've got to try to think about it all week long. And so this has been rolling around in my heart a lot. We have a lot of rights in America. And sometimes I just fear that if we don't, we're not careful we're going to just assume our rights to do whatever we want anywhere we want it's not going to be a good testimony to the kingdom of God we have to pay attention that's all I'm asking are you paying attention did Jesus lay down his rights he did for for a purpose and you shouldn't always lay down your rights you have rights but that's the tricky part is discerning where and why? How do I respond to God's authority? Wow, that's a no-brainer. That's always a yes. I still believe in the Ten Commandments. Do you? If the government asked me to do something that broke that, like go steal something from a company, I would say, no, I can't do that. That's a violation of the authority that I live under. So these are, these are tensions. Fourth, authority doesn't always have to answer and that's exactly what's happening in this story um, when you're really in charge you don't always have to. <laughs> let me give you an example some of your parents right now have young children four five six seven ten whatever and you have developed a phrase that you occasionally say and the phrase is because I said so I remember saying that I remember 
getting so exhausted by the fourth or fifth why <laughs> with my six-year-old and I'm 32 or whatever it was and I I'm looking at them and I I'm patient for the first four or five whys and then I come to the conclusion that my 32 years of life experience exceeds their wisdom of six years experience and I can say because I said so, I know what's best for you. Don't touch that. Right? And sometimes God has to say, trust me. We say, why? Well, you know, 10 years from now, there's going to be this situation. God can't explain all that because you can't see 10 years from now. But God can be trusted and when you trust him and you give him authority over your life, you're saying, my life is in your hands. And he doesn't always give us the answer we want. Verse 33 says it all. So the religious folks finally replied, <laughs> big answer, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know about John the Baptist. <laughs> and then I love Jesus' response. He says, well, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Good, good. Done, done. And they move on. I want you to consider three things this week. Again, I've tried to examine where I am with these three things, and it's been very interesting for me. Number one is, who has been given authority over me? Who has been given authority over me? And I, I, would, I would like to ask you to like list, make a list. If, if you have no one, I think you're in trouble. If there's no one that you have given authority, you know, one of the things that I, I started when I, when, I first had, when I first had someone working for me and with me, I said, will you give me authority to speak into your life as needed? And if they said yes, I would say, I also give you authority to speak into my life even though you're going to call me your boss because I need help sometimes too. If they said no I won't, which has never happened, then they, they couldn't work in the role that they were wanting to work in because I don't think it works if someone doesn't give you authority to speak into their life. Not weird abusive authority, but respect. If you sit in the chair of being the boss, you have to show respect and be the man, the woman that God wants you to be in that role. I've told our team, if I'm running the wrong way on the field, you better tackle me. And I have authority in my life, and I want it. I thank God for it. I have some small groups that have, I, I want them to speak into my life if they see me running the wrong way. Second question, whom do I have authority over? And how do you have that? Many of you are great leaders in our community. You've had lots of employees. How are you as a boss? And what kind of authority do you create? Because authority is given by God with the expectation that you will do a good job empowering those people to reach their fullest potential, not to do what you tell them to do. You know, one of our goals at Timberline with our staff is to say, can we help you reach the greatest potential you have in the role that you're in? 
That's why we have people changing roles all the time. We find a strength they didn't even know they had, and all of a sudden they're shifting over to media, they're shifting over to whatever. And, and that's because they're better at that than they were what we hired them for. And that's a good thing. But I want you to think about this, this question, because the higher you move up in the, in the flow chart of your company, what needs to increase with responsibility is authority. If you, if you give someone more responsibility as a boss and you don't give them authority, they're going to be crippled. So sometimes when you go into a store, have you ever said, who's in charge? Because I, I have a hard question about this and I need to know who's in charge. Why, why are you doing that? You're doing that because you know it's a complicated question and need someone who really knows the company's position on it. Number three. Am I using my authority in a godly manner? Very, very important. It's tough because we don't always know if we are. Do I know the motive of my heart? Not always. I sure try to. But I'm asking us today to consider these things. To let God move around inside of me and say, hey, hello. You've been a little tough over here. You haven't really cared about the best interests of that person. Oh, they need change. And you're put in a position to help them learn how to work or learn how to be responsible. I get it. There's tough love involved in this stuff. But at the same time, am I being godly? with the authority that I've been given. And is God going, I think you can have more. It's always, it was always a weird thing with the talents that God came back and took the, the one or two away and gave it to the guy that had 10. Well, that's not fair. Well, it's because he was a better steward. And God isn't interested in the amount. He's interested in the stewardship of your responsibility. And that's what we need to have today. It's a matter of the heart. And will I trust God? Will I trust God to have authority in my life over all things instead of me doing it my way? Let's pray. Lord, we come to this moment where a lot of examination needs to happen and we're okay asking that. These are complicated things, Lord, and I just thank you for your patience with me, with everyone in this room and everyone listening that you're not a God who is just going to throw us out when we get it wrong. But this question of authority really matters to you. So I just ask you to shape us in a way that whatever authority has been given, it would be, it would be used carefully and godly. Give us wisdom. Help us as a church to be a light in a dark world. Help us to contribute to being a blessing to our community. We just thank you so much. I feel like praying for some of you that are in a situation where you're really just, you're trusting God and his authority right now because you don't know what else to do. It's like, man, God has to step in here or I'm done. I, I can't fix this. Would you raise your hand if that's you? I just want to pray over you. Lord, thank you for these that are just, just in this situation where they're trusting you. And man, they're vulnerable in that. And yet, they want to believe you have, you have them in your best interest and bring them through this situation. Bring them through it. We love you and we honor you today.
If you're here and you haven't made a commitment to let God have ultimate authority in your life, you can pray right now, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. See, you know what that is? That's a statement of recognizing authority. He died for you. He laid down his life and his rights so that you could say yes to follow him. Big thing. Lord, we give all of it to you. Make us great citizens on this earth. In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. I love you guys. Thank you for uh, staying with me, with your brain and your heart. That matters most, amen. Hey, let's sing this great song again. Stand if you're able. And uh, come on, get it going a little bit. like our prayer team to come right now. Would you come? You guys, we'd love to pray with you about anything going on in your life, related or unrelated to the message today. We'd like to pray with you. A lot of tables in the mall today, sign-ups, lots of activities coming up. We're in the fall. It's busy around here in a good way. And so get involved if you're not. If you're new, love to meet you at the Welcome Center. We have a whole team of people back there you can talk to about Timberline if you have questions. Otherwise, let love live. That's what we're about. Let's say it together. Let love live. God bless you. Thank you for being Timberline.